Hello and welcome to the Happy Humans podcast where we explore the fascinating world of human behavior and communication. Today's topic, personal reinvention. Reinventing yourself. We're talking more than just New Year's resolutions here. We're talking about making a big change in your life, setting real goals and achieving them. Today I interview somebody who's reinvented herself several times. She's come out of some very dark places and achieved some amazing things, including uh, moving to a life on a sailboat, establishing a, a very profitable business, working on the ships of the rich and the famous, and now she's made another move in her life to Denver, Colorado. We'll talk about it more during the interview, but let me introduce you to my hero, someone who's reinvented herself several times, my mother, Julie Foley. So without any further ado, let's get into our discussion. Mom, I am thrilled to have you on the Happy Humans podcast. Today we're talking about reinvention, and the reason why I'm talking to you is because I've seen you reinvent yourself so many times and it's always been uh, to a wonderful end. And we, we really saw this happen about 15 years ago when things really started to change and you came out of a very dark place Yes. at that time. <laughs> yep, really. <laughs> yeah, so just for some background, mm-hmm. right? You, uh, back in Australia, uh, were married at the age of 16 Uh, You were pregnant with me. Thank you. Appreciate (laughs) that part. Um, And you started a a married life that went on for for almost 30 years. You had uh, several children along the way, moved countries. Uh, You lived a very rich life. But uh, that all did come to an end in divorce in America. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that time. It was definitely the darkest period of my life. Um, Like you were mentioning, through marriage, I was married for 29 years and I was a stay-at-home mum. So when I was told that that person wanted to leave me, I was shocked. I, I was so devastated and unbelievable. I felt my security just got snapped away from me and I just spiraled down 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 and I when I learned that he was leaving me for a 26 year old as a woman in my mid-40s I just it was hard to comprehend because you straight away think well how can I compete with that it doesn't matter whether that person is intelligent skinny fat ugly whatever it doesn't matter the stigma of being a 26 year old and I'm feeling like I've got nothing to offer. And I think being a stay-at-home mum and relying on your husband to bring in the finances and to take care of all that, I really felt like, what am I going to do? And I just felt worthless. Mm. So you, you, you didn't have a full-time job. You had to, to start again. Uh, things were in a pretty bad bad way for you I know that the family and friends uh, uh, tried their best to encourage you at the time Mm -hmm. Uh, what ended up happening I I I cried (laughs) I got very low I um, ended up with a stomach ulcer I lost a lot of weight I um, I really wanted to give up on life I felt there was nothing 
to live for. Uh, nothing, not even your kids. It was just like I felt worthless. And ultimately, um, friends and family made me go to a psychiatrist and um, because of being suicidal. And that did not help. You know, she... She told me that if I had have had this happen to me after learning my whole life and everything, if it had happened to me when I was in my 30s, I could change things. I could go to school, I could get a career, I could get something and change my direction. But in my mid-40s, by the time I went through all that and got a profession or, or got something, nobody would want to employ me because of my age. And so instead of building me up, it made me go... Terrible. That's ridiculous. So she basically said, well, I'd like to help you, but you're too old. Yes. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I already felt bad enough. Wow. So I, I don't understand. How can you, how did you get past that then? I mean, it seems like you had a lot going against you. I did. And even though I talked like this, it, it was only a couple of months that all this transpired. You know, it, it just from day okay. one... I, you know, like you kids came up and you were helping me, you boys were helping organise my divorce. I didn't even know what was going into it because I just, I didn't really care because I was going to kill myself anyway. And so take care of it and whatever I got out of it, you guys did it for me. And that's how bad I was. But it came to a point after all that crying and everything that I started to see my own value. Um... I think there were people in my life that helped me in a way that I couldn't see at the time, you know, that I had some value and it, it made me start turning my life around. Um, I gave myself uh, allowance. I gave myself the okay to go out there and be brave. Mm -hmm. So how, how were you able to start seeing the value? Um, what happened is that at the time, because I had less children to look after, I was able to go out and get a part-time job. I was working at Joanne's and I also started a home sewing business. And doing that, I I had to legalise it. I had to get a name. I um, was paying taxes. I was doing the accounting. I was getting my own customers and making sure you know I was making them happy. So I, I had a small business, but to me, it was just a sideline thing. It was not something in my eyes that was of um, something that was important but people in my life helped me to see that I was important with what I had done there and so mm. I was able to sell that after the divorce and it made me think that wow you know I actually did something I had learned a lot of things through life that I didn't realize that made me worthwhile. I was employable. I, I had something to give. And so with that, I decided to move out of Alaska. I went home for a short visit and I moved to Texas, set myself up um, with a car and a, an apartment and that. And um, a, So a you, you never there. had bought a car no. on your own before that? <laughs> no, because in, in my married life, especially at 16, um, and my husband doing everything financially 
he took care of those things. My job was to take care of the family and make sure you, you were fed, you got to places on time. You That was my job, being the family coordinator. <laughs> right, right. So, no, I didn't buy any of those sort of things on my own. So it was very scary. Um, you know, as you know, I look to your kids <laughs> to give me the info on how do I do this, you know? But um, within a short time, you were oh, able yeah, to like, create your own life. Mm-hmm. You, had, you got full-time work. Uh, yes, continually promoted from one position to the next. So uh, obviously you saw your own value there. You, you were living your own life uh, in Texas at that point, owning your own car, making your own way in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's a big change for someone coming out of, of that darker predicament. Mm-hmm. And there's no doubt a few people listening to this podcast, that uh, a few women that perhaps that uh, have found themselves in a similar position to you, divorced after almost 30 years mm-hmm. and having to start again. So what what would you say to that woman who's listening right now? I think when you're hit with that shock, um, you really need to take time to cry, get angry, get it all out of your system. And then... Um, surround yourself with people that are positive because that helps you see the positive in you and what you can achieve. You know, you don't need the person who goes, oh, poor you, you know, mm-hmm. that was terrible. You need the person who says, well, come on, let's get out of here and let's do stuff, you know. Okay, yeah. And um, so that was important to do. I think there's a few points um, I would like to cover. I, besides positive people and grieving... It might sound a bit weird to you, but as a woman in your mid-40s, when you are left, you straight away start thinking, will I ever have another relationship? You know, I'm Mm. old, and who would want me? And I've always been in this secure position with love. And so my advice is go out as soon as you can and have some safe sex because you can get that out the way, and it will start making you think, yourself beautiful and there's lots of people out there to have relationships with that are are in the same position as you they want that but don't think of it as the ever after person just go out there and start living and I think that's important that's some good advice is that just coming from your own experience or I know I've um, talked to several women and they all say the same thing they felt like it really turned around for them once they did that and you know we came from a time in life where you stayed in that relationship that you were in, you were faithful and that. So it was really hard to think, um, like for me, I'd only ever had sex with one person and I went out there and um, was approaching somebody else. You know, it was hard and it's hard for other women too. But once you get past that, it's very helpful and um, it makes you put some things in perspective. There is another point I'd like to talk about too is um, some people when they go through a divorce, they find it really hard to forgive. Uh, you're never going to forget it. It's it's a part of your life and it's right. a dark time. But it, as time goes on, you feel better about it. You need to let it go. You know, forgive. You won't forget, but forgive it. Let it be in the past. Otherwise, if you keep bringing it up and keep reliving it, you become an ugly person and nobody wants to be around mm. you. So let it go. And I know from uh, from my own experience uh, with you that you, you've you now have a, a very good relationship uh, yeah. with my father, your ex. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, that's commendable that you're able to reinvent yourself, start a new life, and, and still uh, keep that connection. 
And that's, that's amazing. And uh, everybody can do that. Now, we might say that this, this new life was out of necessity, but this wasn't the end of your story, was it? No, it felt like the beginning, actually. It was like a, a new chapter in my life, and it's only kept getting better. Um, it, sounds, <laughs> it sounds incredible, but, you know, at that time I thought age and everything was... I was old, but I realised now I wasn't, and I had a lot to do. So now you're in your late 40s, um, at that time, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So what uh, what happened after that? I mean, what was the next step, the next chapter in your life? Right. Well, within the year after, um, I, I got a boyfriend and uh, we started living together and we had jobs. And I was talking to him and said, what is it? You know, he was retired already. And I said, what would you like to do with your life? What's your goals? And he said, um, I want to go sailing. I want to get a sailboat and go cruising and I thought what a wonderful adventure that would be how Mm. great and he's not a spontaneous man and I said well we've we've got to do this let's do it and so within two months we have bought a 37 foot sailboat a fixer upper (laughs) and we moved into a marina with it and we had to start getting the skills to uh, do her up. I had to learn how to sail. <laughs> mm-hmm. So there was a lot of changes and it was a great community lifestyle, um, very different to living in an apartment and uh, or a house or anything like that. Um, when we got to the marina, um, I figured, well, I needed to dress my boat and the encouragement was to, to go to the um, canvas shop that was near us and let them know that I can sew. I've never used a commercial machine, but I can do this. So just just for, for clarification, when you're talking about a canvas shop and sewing, you're talking about things on the boat such as uh, enclosures, covers, yeah, bimini, sails. Yeah, hatch covers, everything. All, yeah, all the things. pretty colour you see on the boat okay. in this fabric. <laughs> all right. So you went to work for a company right. and, and used your sewing skills mm-hmm. as a seamstress right. for the canvas shop. Right. And... Within three months of being there, they needed a sail repair person. And so I told uh, Frank, you know, three, four years, Frank had become a very um, confident sail maker and he then started selling the sails for the company. And I had become the floor manager for the uh, canvas sewing and also the top seamstress. So we felt like we did an apprenticeship really and we were qualified. Right, and you actually uh, wrote the book for that company. You put all those designs in a physical book. Yeah, I felt there was a need. When, we, when I first started learning there, it was like, go and do this. And I said, well, where's the guide? What do I do? And it kept changing. And I think they need some, some way to know, to teach the next person who comes along that this is how we do it. So now <laughs> so, here you are in your new life. You're both sailors, sail makers. Uh, able to do uh, a lot of work on a boat. You've renovated a 37-foot boat. Everything's going the way you want. You, you originally planned to sail around the world, uh, so everything was going perfectly for you then, right? Yes, it was. And um, we, we were hit with something else. It was a hurricane. Hurricane Ike um, was coming. We were told to evacuate so being in that company we had to go to other people's boats and get their canvas off and get it all set to make sure the shop you had to help pay. other people evacuate. yes that day we had to help them and then at the end of the day we got to take off all the canvas of our own boat and pack up ready to go and 
uh, if you've ever been through, like people last year with bushfires and other people that have been through hurricanes, it's a very scary thing to think that you're going to have maybe nothing to come back to when you leave. Uh, it's you, And what do you take? You know, it's, it's a very scary time. Mm. And so we packed up and left and that night, we knew on the news that our marina got hit, we could see it, and it, it just was shy of showing us our boats. So the next day we went back and it was devastated. The marina was devastated and our boat was the last in a row that got some damage done to it. So we had to start over fixing the boat up. It wasn't to the point when we originally got it, but we, we felt like our whole existence there was start over. Wow. So this was a point where, you know, you, you've, you've got to make another decision. You've mm-hmm. reached another impasse in, in your life. So what was going through uh, your minds at this point? Well, we probably really sat down and thought, are we going to go cruising? Is that really in our future? Um, and we decided no, because also we were getting more grandchildren. You know, the grandchildren started coming along and I was like, I want to be a bit closer to them. What else can we do? But we still liked the lifestyle and we still wanted to stay there. We felt we had value. Um, one thing about the company is that, that we were working for, we felt that they could do better with their customers and we thought we could do better and also get a better income if we took off on our own. And we had a, a person that lived on her boat and was learning how to sew and she approached us and said, I think we can do this. We can all start a business together and do quite well, especially with our um, contacts being, but all living in marinas and the people that were around and with what we'd learned. So we opened our own business, a canvas shop. So Frank had to learn how to manage the office and we had to learn how to do the quoting. And um, so for him, it was a bigger thing because he never did canvas. Um, I took on a new role. I became the designer. I went out and designed the things we sewed. Um, Tammy, our business partner, she was the main seamstress. And eventually it grew and we employed a person. And the the name that we received in the community was really good. We never had a credit card for the business. We put an initial amount in and we always ran out of profit and so we kept growing and our name grew and the um, the quality of our work and we became really well known and really um, it was a good experience and the customers and the people out there gave us a lot of joy we felt good that we were doing what we wanted to do so out of the hurricane yeah uh, a new reinvention a new business you became the designer you and and, a new role yeah and frank worked together there with with another partner you hired on an employee you got larger and and the name of your company was sundowner canvas right you probably still find uh, a lot of information about that online uh so you're fixing or repairing and designing Mm -hmm. Uh, work on the the boats of the rich and famous? Well, we work for Aggies, the um, university or college down there. Uh, They have a marine section, so on their big ship they have several boats and we did canvas on those. We um, did canvas for the Coast Guard. People wanted us, and in the marine environment we had a lot of contacts because they all sent everybody to us because they knew we did good good work and you guys had never set up a business like no, that before no and you were um big learning curve <laughs> and how old were you um 
back then, I was in my mid-50s. Mid-50s? And you started up this new business and Frank was 60. 60. (laughs) Wow. You know, so many people um, think, oh, it's too late for me. Never too late. Never. All right. So, So here you are. You've got this thriving business, a business that, by the way, each year kept doing more and more work. You, you, you had a profit the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you expect that to happen? Um, no, because everyone in the marine industry told us it would take at least three years before we saw a turnaround and we get a profit. And when did you and see it? Straight away. And even they were amazed. They just were astounded. We got a lot of compliments and the fact that the quality was there. So yeah, this thriving business year after year, doing better and better and better. You came to another another point where where you had to dramatically increase the size of the business, or do something else. Right. Uh, maybe time for another reinvention. It was. <laughs> we we felt satisfied with what we had achieved, and we were ready to move on again. Like I, I previously mentioned, there were grandkids coming along, and I really wanted to get closer to them and Colorado is where our biggest concentration of grandkids is and there were a couple more on the way within a month of each other and I was also looking to our future we still wanted to travel and now we had built up a nice little nest egg from our work that we were able to move on and um, so change another change move to another state and start over again wow and uh, a little bit of background information here too. When you moved to, to Colorado, you, you had to construct the new place that you're living in and you had to close up the other business. Yeah. So you, you just closed the other business, took uh, the money that you'd made and a nice little nest egg, invested in a new place here in Colorado, started your new life here. So it, it, obviously the question I want to ask now is what's the next step? Well, I'm going to start another business. <laughs> it's um, I've always wanted to make fabric dolls, and so now I have the opportunity to do that. Um, they're going to be a little unique. Uh, they're going to be some woodland ones. And what, what do you mean, fabric dolls? They're like, like people would normally say, rag doll. Okay. Anyone from the past. <laughs> so if I were to, to step into a, a, a child's playroom in the 1950s, yeah. I might see something like this. Yeah, handmade fabric. And I also, um, through living on the boat, I realized that there is, and having a canvas shop, that there's a lot of things on a boat that anyone that can sew can make with a bit of guidance. And all those little things cost a lot of money when you go to a canvas shop. They, the canvas shop needs to be employed to do the big things, but you can do so many little things and save yourself a lot of money. So my plan is to write a book that will help that person. You say your plan is to write a book, but I've actually seen your notes, which are more than notes. It's essentially the book, right? So <laughs> you've written the book. You might be doing some touching up on that. But when would you like to, to publish that? Uh, hopefully next year. We, we want to, I, I need it edited and everything, you know, but uh, I've got a few people out there testing it out, you know, see if it's, you know, and we'll tweak it a little bit. Right, so I'll make, next year. I'll make sure that we, that we, uh, uh, put a few pictures of, of some of the designs in that book on, on social media with the Happy Humans podcast Facebook page and, and Instagram page. And we'll also take a few pictures of these rag dolls, these fabric dolls that you're working on, some of these little woodland creature type things. I've seen them and they're pretty impressive. Uh, and so 2019, new business, 
uh, getting that book on the way to being published. Uh, it sounds like you've got an exciting life ahead of you still. Yes, it's, you are never too old to change and to do something different. Right. Well, Mum, thanks for taking this time to You're share welcome. your story of reinvention again and again from dark times to times of hope and adventure. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that, Mum. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing everything you do in the future. For anyone out there who'd like a little bit more information on what Julie Foley, my mum, is up to, uh, be sure to check out those uh, Happy Human Podcasts pages on Instagram and Facebook, and I'll make sure to keep you updated. So until next time, thanks for joining us at the Happy Humans Podcast.